0: all right this is the audit room on clubhouse i'm your moderator and co-host trent russell also host of the audit podcast and founder of green skies analytics the go-to place for all things internal audit and analytics i'm joined as always by my co-host tracy marquardt tracy hi
1: trent. thank you so much and i am tracy marquardt known as europe's leading audit communication consultant working in my business, Quality Assurance Communication, on leadership and communication and productivity with global internal audit teams. And I am so happy today that Matej Draschek has agreed to join us as our special guest. He is an expert in ethics and audit. And Matej, I'll invite you to introduce yourself.
2: So thank you and hello everyone as well, uh, Tracy and Trent. Thank you for inviting me. It's an honor to be here. Yes, so I'm coming from Slovenia, which is a green piece of Europe. Let's put it like that. But <laughs> professionally, I'm a head of- internal audit, small regional bank in Slovenia, but as well I am a Slovenia president, and yes, like Tracy already mentioned, I'm quite involved in ethics and a little bit of strategic risk, and these are, let's say, my two babies that I want uh, that I really like to talk about and as well exchange the ideas and I think that this is a great opportunity that we have as well with the uh, audience that we can exchange a little bit of ideas
0: and talk about ethics yeah and this is a fascinating topic to me the evolution of ethics in audit is what we're talking about Uh, so Matei if you could just like walk us through the story of what ethics meant maybe 10 20 years ago and what it means now and that evolution.
2: Yeah, so I was thinking about that uh, as well regarding the title, you know, evolution. But I think that sometimes in ethics, it's more a revolution than evolution because ethics has been around us since the dawn of time, so when we first, you know, put ourselves in groups like the uh, humans, basically we were start to talk and think about what is right and what is wrong. But when we are talking about ethics in auditing, internal audit, you know, um, I think as any uh, profession. Uh, as well the internal auditors have to have the ethics and we have a great I think it's one of the best code of ethics that we have um, from the IAA which is which it serves as a base you know for our you know discussion and I think that unfortunately with the ethics is that it's always come in, in waves you know so when there is uh, let's say a scandal or something is happening, when there is a, a, quite a big change in the society, or something like COVID-19 happens. I think that we are starting to wonder, you know, a little bit more about ethics, and this is then seen in the rise of the research about the podcast, about as well about the society talking a little bit more about ethics, and I think it's the same in internal audit. Uh, I'm quite new in internal audit, uh, you know, for a little bit uh, around five. Years. But what I read about it is basically, you know, ethics was quite uh, uh, in, on, on the high or quite important in the 90s, at the beginning of the 90s, because there were first, uh, first, uh, corporate scandals that were quite major. But then again, it became quite important when the stocks came and the uh, accounting scandals. You know, it became again very uh, interesting. And as well, the legislators started to wonder what they can do regarding ethics and to improve the ethics. And then, you know, we got uh, the Lehman Brothers and this big financial crisis. Again, it showed because this is the first time that actually it was proven that the greed or the unethical behavior of the executives was the root cause, you know, of actually um, uh, uh, causing the financial crisis. And now, you know, uh, with the COVID-19 as well, with the Black uh, Lives Matters and Me Too movement, I think that the ethics is becoming important and we are always going back to the same question. I think that it's the base of ethics, what is right and what is wrong, but in the new environment, you know, and that is why I think, for example, now it's quite important that we talk about ethics in you know, artificial intelligence as well in the IT, you know, I think that this is one topic that, it should be on uh, on agenda of the internal
0: auditors as well. So, yeah, this is just for the beginning. Be Perfect. Do you think, you said it, it comes in waves, ethics comes in waves. Do you think we are riding that wave right now or are we just kind of like wading in the water right now?
2: I think that we are riding it. This is why I think I could get quite a lot of invitation now to talk about the ethics <laughs> and as well in the internal of, uh, but I think it's going to go down as well. You know, it's the same. I think when they did the research, a little bit of an enrollment of the business ethics classes in the colleges and universities it's always going up. You know, when there is a crisis, when we talk about it, this is why I think it's quite important that we talk about it all the time about ethics as well in the environment where there is quite a high pressure uh like uh internal audit you know i always say that there is a research there is a, one a research that showed that the internal auditors are one of the most uh, ethical profession there is. You know, in the in all the spectrum. And at the same time, you know that I think that the let's say the most famous whistleblowers, which are you know, which are for me, you know, at the top of the ethics pyramid, were also the internal auditors. This is why I think that it's quite important that we are talking about it, you know, about what is right, what is wrong, because I think that we are challenging uh, or facing uh, the
0: moral dilemmas, ethical dilemmas, uh, especially in orders for every single time, you know, uh, in our work. Well, I'm glad we're able to talk about it today and continue to ride that wave. Tracy, what do you think?
1: Um, I think it's amazing. I love ethics as a revolution as opposed to evolution. I think that's a really um a great comment and you mentioned the code of ethics that the IAE has and what is what right what is wrong and I, I wonder about what is right and what is wrong because we're all raised differently we're all educated differently how do people come to understand what's right Mate?
2: So oh, I'm not uh Uh, Let's say I'm not in favor of talking that there is, um, you know, black and white uh, truth, especially in ethics, because there are always some circumstances and some variables that were not present before. So it's quite difficult to say what is right and what is wrong. And even when you're reading about the philosophers, uh, you know of uh, ethics, uh, ethical theories. You can see that they are not in agreement. What is right and what is wrong? So um, I think that when we are talking about ethics, especially, uh, you know, is is there? cultural differences uh in ethics you know between the let's say europe america and everything i think at the end it's not that there are some basics that we i call them you know human basics you know and i think that this is what we have that everyone as let's say as part of society or of a human human race i think that we have because then it's quite difficult uh, it's, it's quite dangerous and quite a uh, slip, slippery slope when we're talking about you know uh, relativism so that i think what is right and what is wrong but how we um, pro- improve our way of thinking is like with everything you know it's with studying reading discussing you know, researching. I think this is sometimes missing that we think, you know, ethics is only regarding, you know, um, what we know, what is our feelings, you know, what the religion is doing. But this, at the end, you know, ethics is part of philosophy, and philosophy is actually science, you know, uh, and it's the older science. So I think that uh, we are forgetting sometimes that the ethics is the same way. Like we have to study about the accounting, about the finance, you know, about the business continuity planning and everything. I think that this is the same. We have to sit down, study, and of course there are differences of ideas, and we have to discuss, and then based on
0: the argument we reach a conclusion. So I think that this is the way to go. Hi. I appreciate that answer, Mate. I'm definitely going to go back and listen <laughs> to this episode because there's there's been multiple points made where I've just gone, uh, I'm going to have to sit down and really think about that. And I think that is kind of the case with ethics. It's pretty easy, I think, to summarize it, summarize it as do what's right. That's the way I've always looked at it. Um, but then when you look at the cultural differences and things like that, Mate, that you mentioned and Tracy that you mentioned, um, it, it's something that I think you kind of have to sit, sit down and uh, kind of put some thought into Um, Real quick, just to reset the room, this is the audit room on Clubhouse. If you have a question or a comment to myself, Matei, or Tracy, if you look in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen, you'll see a little hand. If you push that hand, um, we can bring you up on stage to give your comment or ask your questions. Please note, though, um, that we are recording today's session, and it will be published through the audit podcast. Okay, Matei, what's the, the impact of ethics in an auditor's daily work from your perspective?
2: Uh, I think that, okay, I, I'm quite uh, uh, in favor of scientific uh, thinking and as well the research that there were some, uh, you know, research about how much of the decisions are actually ethical in nature. You know, there's a small part. But I think that the internal auditors are having a lot of times these defining moments, I think, which is, you know, the big pinnacle of ethics decision-making when they have to decide and it's a quite a big decision you know regarding right and wrong and unfortunately because of or unfortunately unfortunately because of our nature of work I think that we are more exposed to these moments than other professions you know that is why I think that we have to this is as well that I like that uh, IAA demands that internal auditors have at least two you know uh points regarding, you know, um, ethical uh, education or ethics points, you know, um, so, uh, but at the same time, you know, there are some, let's say, some interesting points that, for example, regarding the object, objectivity or being objective, you know, I always say to, I always say as the auditors, do you think that you're objective, you know, and they say yes, and that's always, I don't think so, you know, because when you're studying a little bit of cognitive biases, I think there are around 160 cognitive biases, you know, and being objective is actually, you know, uh, impossible. And I think, Trent, because you're more in IT, uh, my question to you as well is maybe, you know, I know that the ethics is now quite Coming big as well in the artificial intelligence, especially regarding the you know biases that maybe the algorithms
0: have. So, uh, what do you think about that trend as well? A little bit? Yeah, and there's been some pretty uh, infamous, I guess, cases. And I'll just tell a, a quick story on this one with Amazon because they had good intentions. And so, Amazon, of course, huge tech company. They get thousands and thousands of resumes every day and to be able to sift through those, they built this um, machine learning model model that basically said, hey, take all of our five-star best employees, let's take their resumes, we'll build a model around those. And then as new applicants come in, we'll effectively bump their resume against our, our best employees' resumes. And that way we can weed out the best people and just kind of focus on them and it makes it easier on HR, makes it easier on the hiring process. So they had really good intentions with doing that. Uh, unfortunately, because Silicon Valley and tech is still primarily male, uh, kind of top heavy. What happened is, is the model looked at these resumes and, and basically said, these are all men or the majority are men. And so when a female resume would come through and let's just, this is a pretty terrible example, but let's just say on the resume, it said something like, you know, women's tennis club champion or something like that. Um, the model or the algorithm would look at that and go, oh, I've never seen anything like that before. This person must not be a five star player, must not be, you know, the, the quality employee that we're looking for. Um, so we're going to exclude them. And so that's kind of one of the problems with ethics in AI is that exclusion. And there is a host of stories similar to that that are popping up because this is still fairly new um we're we're still trying to figure out what's going on with that and to amazon's credit they identified that and um kind of shut the program down i know nicola is up on stage now she is very well versed in this also i'd like to uh throw it to nicola uh for your, either your question or your comment
2: oh hi trent thank you
1: um hi mate um i mean i just had a comment really i think the um it's a known thing that there's quite a digital skills gap across the internal audit profession so i wonder how can we marry that between the growing ethical challenge with ai but also quite a lot of internal auditors don't have that digital skills capability to feel comfortable to challenge the way that ai is being developed and being used and being kind of of um, deployed to make decisions. So I just wondered what your thoughts are on that.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to have to come down uh, for me and then Mateo, I'll throw it to you. I think it's going to have to come down from the very top, uh, maybe even legislation around some of what's going on within AI, but Mateo, I'll throw it to you.
2: Yes, I do agree with Econa's uh, comment because it's if- I think even myself, I'm quite critical and I'm quite lacking in, let's say, IT and as well the cyber uh, skills, uh, which is, you know, a dangerous thing in, in nowadays, especially now with your remote work and everything. It's becoming even more increasingly important. That is why I'm coming back, you know, to to to, to basic stuff. You know, you have to learn. You have always have to learn. You have to read, and basically then apply this knowledge and as well i'm always with the ethics i always am more in favor with aristotle than um, socrates so socrates there was more you know that when you're thinking about ethics etc this is you know enough that you're becoming ethical meanwhile aristotle said no 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 you know you have to do and behave ethically because when you will be doing that you will become more ethical and it's going to be easier and it's like exercise you know sometimes we forget about that you know as well and i think it's the same with the uh, you know the it and uh, cyber skills we are a little bit afraid uh, but when you're starting you know to to learn and research and study it's become a little bit easier that is why this year i'm I did one fundamental, but really basic notification regarding yeah, by Isaka. But I think this is the way to go. Unfortunately, the work goes in that way. But at the same time, what is the advantage of internal auditors that we are not only these hardcore ITs, uh, IT guys, you know, which are quite limited in when we're talking about ethics as well in the ethical um, uh, perspective. I think that we are in the competitive advantage that we can merge these two together. And I think one of the most important things that we can do as internal auditors regarding the ethics is the biases. You know? I think that this is quite important, especially because I think this is, uh, a, a more, uh, a bigger problem. Uh, the problem in society, it's regarding the age, you know, it's about the sexism, it's about races and uh, racism and everything. So basically there is quite a lot of biases going on. And what Trent uh, described regarding Amazon and as well other stories, I think this is the problems that internal auditors will have to tackle quite, quite soon. Uh, but on the other side, I always... Um, admire and wonder uh, tracy that you're working quite in different environments you know different cultures as well you know big small companies how do you see your challenges regarding this in ethics do you see the difference between a little bit of culture and everything and as well um, not only culture regarding the gender race and everything or is there more or less at the uh, at the end we are all the same you know in the base oh th- thanks,
1: thanks matei i I think in the end, I don't see huge differences um, because of national culture. I mean, I think there, there can be, but, you know, internal audit has its own culture as well. And as you said, we're one of the most, most ethical, you know, industries out there, um, roles out there. I think the, the, the ethical culture seems to be very much driven by corporate culture and what happens at the corporate level. Um, there's so many great points that you and Trent both made and I'm just um, struggling to figure out which question I want to ask first, if I can, if I can switch the topic just, just slightly. Um, I wanted to come back to what you said about, you know, auditors perhaps not being able to be entirely objective because we are human beings. And, you know, what, what I see Sometimes in, for example, you know, I look at a lot of audit reports because of, you know, the nature of what I do. And I see sometimes that there are very basic issues, uh, root causes that are being missed, like governance. And I'm wondering, is, is, is there somehow an ethical issue there when auditors know there's a governance issue, but they're
2: not actually reporting it up to the board? Okay. I think so. I... Uh... I'm writing articles for an article for internal auditor. It's not. It's still in the making. But I was thinking about and I think that the fifth principle in the IA code of ethics should be courage. I think that the courage is an essential part regarding uh, the work of internal auditors because when you see the big cases, you know what I said before regarding the whistleblowers, which were the internal auditors as well, what you're saying when we're talking about the, you know, the pink elephant in the room that nobody wants to touch. I think it's based on the courage of the internal auditors that they speak up and say, So this is actually the case. And courage was one of the essential virtues of Aristotle in in his, uh, you know, theory of ethics. So I think that courage uh, is essential for the eternal leaders as well. And sometimes... um, this is missing, and I I can relate to that because at the end we are all humans. We all have our fears. We all have to feed our families. You know, we have mortgages and everything. So this is why it is quite important, even in this small environment, like because internal auditors are still quite you know limited in numbers uh, as a profession. I think that we discuss about that, that we discuss about these dilemmas and what to do, and not and because at the end the dilemmas are not. Black and white, you know. I think that there is a rainbow in between. And we have to discuss because there are so many variables that influence the decision. For example, why the internal auditor maybe did not disclose something, you know. I think they wanted, but there were something, but this doesn't make them unethical. That is what I wanted to emphasize because I do not believe that there is a zero tolerance because I can ask every single listener, you know, have you ever, you know, surfed the web, the internet, during the work time? Have you ever spit, you know, when there was no cups and everything? So I think that at the end, it's not black and white. We are all human, but we have to talk and as well read, you know, and discuss difference of ideas. I think the best ideas are coming out of that. This is why I say, you know, evolution is not about uh, conflict. The revolution is more about the conflict, and
0: I think that out of the conflict comes quite good ideas a lot of times. And, and Matei, you talked about the gray area. Let's say that it's not a gray area. It's definitely something that needs to be reported. Maybe it's uh, a one that might even make the papers or the media or something like that. Who, who do you talk to about those issues within your organization? Is it a given C title or is it maybe based on the relationship? Or let's, let's So let's say, put, put you in the, the position, do you find something Um, unethical that that definitely needs to be brought to people's attention to be dealt with. What would you do? What steps would you take? How would you go about it?
2: So thank you. Uh,
1: I have a little bit more different approach,
2: but I think it's not completely... Uh, again, black and circle, of my uh, close uh, friends or people that I trust. I do not disclose about the matter, but I just say what is bothering me and what to do. And normally there is always a good advice coming from them because I have from different perspectives. And a lot of times it's completely opposite uh, opinions from them. And then based on that, I made a discussion. But... Uh, another possibility is, of course, one, because normally we are talking about very sensitive issues, you know, fraud and everything or everything else. Um, one is to talk, you know, to your supervisor, supervisor, let's say, your boss, maybe in the audit committee if you have a good relationship or anything, because at the end, everyone is human. We know that in the organization there is the formality and formal position, but normally there are also uh, on the other side, there are people with their lives, with their struggles, with their dilemmas as well. So this should be the case as well. But as well, maybe talk um, one, one possibility as well with the auditee. If there is, you know, uh, maybe a big issue, you know, regarding that, that you tell them, okay, of unfortunately, this, and this is the case. But at the, at the end, you know, internal audit is not about being a policeman, or to punish somebody. Internal audit is regarding, and uh, it's it's about adding value. At the end, I do not want to put any blame or anything to you know nobody. Um, and I always say this, uh, and I have quite a lot of discussion with supervisory board because they wanted to say, oh, uh, you know, who did that? And I said everyone, <laughs> because we are all in the same boat, and our purpose is adding value. So. Um, But it's individual cases, you know, Uh, but at the end, I always think that the dialogue is the best way to go. I always support dialogue. Uh, If it's outside of the organization, be careful regarding the confidentiality and everything, you know. If it's inside, you know, it's much better because they know the environment and everything. But I think that you have to think about it because... The worst mistakes are made when you're doing, you know, especially regarding the ethical dilemmas when you're, um, you know, making a decision all by your own, because then we're coming back to objectivity. You're only seeing your own reality and you're
0: becoming quite biased. I appreciate that. This is the problem then as well. I can appreciate that answer. I'll throw it to Tracy. And then I've got one more question to kind of close us out.
1: This is really great stuff, Mate. Thank you so much. Um, I love that you said um, that ethics is about shades of gray, really, because I've always thought that about audit as well. I remember when I was an external auditor, you know, you can read the standard on, you know, black print on a white paper, but it's how you interpret that that actually makes the difference. Um, you've mentioned um, a few times about. Um, learn and research and study do you have a quick recommendation for those in the room who would like to um, take a, a short course or something
2: on ethics of course there are quite a lot of you know without the Coursera, with Amy, you have quite a lot of now stuff about the philosophy as well about the uh, Uh, ethics. Uh, One recommendation that I always give uh, is by Aristotle and I hope that it's quite a difficult word but you will put just Aristotle and ethics is Nicomarhous ethics I think I do not know exactly how it's in English so but it's the only ethics book and I think this is the best book about the ethics it's about the virtues and how to behave and do it so I would recommend that but otherwise you know, one important issue that I emphasize as well, read fiction, you know. In fiction, especially, you know, these great novels of, I don't know, Crime and Punishment or Antigone, for example, when you have the difference between the, you know, what is moral or ethical and what is legal, you know, which is always still nowadays uh, discussable. So I think that this is... I would say these two. Uh, so one is the fiction, great novels that you have. You have Anna Karenina, for example. So basically, this great novel, and as well, when, if you're talking about ethics, read about Aristotle. It's Nicomarho's Ethics, and it's a great book. It's quite a new age approach. So I think that everyone, it's not a difficult one, because if I would say that you read Kant, you know, I think that this is quite mm. difficult uh, stuff to read. Could you
1: maybe put a link to that book in um the post we have on linkedin
0: yes of course no problem be super. I really like okay it. thanks mate yeah and then we'll include that link in the show notes also and tracy you kind of stole my question that's what i wanted to close out with because i know mate mentioned a couple different papers that he read or the research that he'd done so i was interested to know if there was a, a go-to ethics uh source that he had so um, thank you, Matei, for, for that. We'll definitely, like I said, link it in the show notes of the podcast. Um, we are up against the time. Matei, thank you very much. That was um, fascinating. I said just based on the topic, I thought it was fascinating. But then just the details that you gave and even the resources that you mentioned, I, I, I am genuinely interested in this topic um, more so than I was when we started, which I think is always a good thing. And we'll uh, definitely check out the book recommendations Um, This is the Audit Room on Clubhouse. I'm Trent Russell, uh, moderator and co-host. That's it for today. Tracy, I'll throw it to you to uh, close us out. And again, Matei, thank you very much. Very insightful.
1: Thanks, Trent. I just wanna ask everyone, if you've enjoyed today's session, we would love for you to make a comment on one of the various posts that we have on LinkedIn. Love to generate buzz around the topic. And we have the rest of the month is fully booked with special guests, so we're looking forward to that. And just to let everyone know, I know most of you know that I do webinars, free webinars, and I have accepted the challenge of my next webinar. It's called how to write short audit reports. So spread the word. We're going to, we're going to help everyone write short audit reports going forward in the future. Thanks so much, everyone. Connect with us on LinkedIn. If you haven't, follow us here on Clubhouse and we'll see you next week at the same time.